I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and with me today is Paul Cohen, CMO of FreshBooks. And we're going to be discussing the intersection between advertising and product. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and talk about this topic. It's an area for me, Paul, that's really interesting. I love product management, product design. I'm just a software geek and I experiment all the time. And of course, I love marketing and advertising too. And this is the world that you come from. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here to, uh, to talk a little bit about it. So would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners and discuss anything that's happening at FreshBooks right now and your role at FreshBooks? Yeah, for sure. So um, as you mentioned, I'm uh, the chief marketing officer at FreshBooks. I've been with the company for about a year and a half now. Um, and, and for those who don't know, so FreshBooks, it's a, it's a cloud accounting platform. So we, we are in that exciting, um, exciting world of, of accounting software. Um, and our focus is really around helping small business owners manage, uh, manage their, their books and their, uh, business. So, you know, people might be familiar with other folks like QuickBooks or, or, uh, Zero or Sage and, and really kind of the difference between us and, and other folks is that we focused on the owner. Um, other platforms have really built primarily for, for accountants. So, you know, ours is, is, is really focused on helping manage the, the day to day problems that an owner might face and keep them close to their books instead of having to rely on other folks to do it for them. And can you describe your role in the business? How do you work? How do you bring marketing and product together at FreshBooks? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, the, the role of any CMO, like I, I see as being kind of, um, you know, I've, I've, I've three real, real jobs to do. One is, is being, you know, first and foremost focused on the customer and, and just making sure that we're, we're customer obsessed in everything that we do. And, and, and just, um, you know, in that inner relationship with product that we're always bringing that voice of, of the customer, whether it's at a segment or market lens, um, back into the product group to help kind of drive that, that roadmap. Um, my other roles like are around, you know, building teams and, and just making sure that, that we have, we build the appropriate teams to have the appropriate, uh, types of structures that, that we're able to work with our product organization so that marketing and product are lockstep in terms of understanding uh, what we need to do and when, um, so that when we're building our go-to-markets and, and taking new product to market, that we're, uh, we're able to do it. And the other, the other side is around helping tell the truth. So looking at the data and being able to understand what's actually happening in the business and the product uh, with our customers and, and how, they're, 
how they're evolving and changing with our products so that we can help um, provide those those that roadmap and, and look to the future as to what we should be doing, not only just like 12 months from now, but but of course, like five years down the road as well. And this is this integration of product and marketing, as I alluded to at the beginning there, is something that I've got some notes in front of me about your career today. And it's it's always in that middle ground, isn't it, between product and marketing. So I've got here Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Clients, Chief Marketing Officer and Co-Founder, and again, CMO at the moment. And I'm interested to know as a starting point for the conversation today, how the intersection of marketing and product for you, whether you're creating something yourself or you're going into a company, do you think of marketing from the outset? Is that one of the things that you look at first or do you look at product? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a marketer. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've grown up being a marketer, but, you know, I think, I think everything, the whole approach that I've already taken to whether you call it brand building or company building is, is really around building experiences first. Mm-hmm. And in all great companies that have been able to kind of experience any kind of real explosive growth have done so when they've, they've, They've made something and they've made experiences that create, you know, whether you call it virality or something else, something that's going to be magnetic outside of, of, of marketing or pushing messaging out. You know, I've been on the other side of the equation when I was in telco, I was in the wireless category and, and we just spent gobs of money to try to get people to buy cell phones. And, you know, like, like anybody who's experienced like any, in any country you're in, you know, carriers spend a ton of cash trying to, trying to get you in to, to buy a, a, a phone. Where I think like what I've really kind of looked at, at my career in the last little while of doing is to, to really build those experiences first. So, you know, whether I was in the toy industry, it was if, if you created an amazing, an amazing product, whether it was a TV show, um, I was, I was at a company called Spin Master and we, we, mm-hmm. uh, created a show called Paw Patrol. And if you have kids probably in like the three to five year old bracket, you, you'd know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it ballooned and created this massive snowball effect of, of demand. Uh, for for those products that that we then eventually started bringing to market, and then I think in the software space, it's it's really about understanding what are those experiences that you can create, those moments within within your software that that really create these unique experiences that are unlike other other bits of software out there as well. I think really kind of dialing in and understanding customer customer pain points, all those types of things help help you uh, uh, help you do that and create those kind of bits of, of magnetism within your product. And, you know, at the end of it all, sure, I'm a marketer. I'm also, I like to be an efficient marketer. Uh, marketers are, are inherently fairly lazy. We like to do the, the least amount of work for the most amount of return. So if, if the product is inherently magnetic itself and people come there just for that, then we don't have to do a lot of additional work to help to, to, help to drive demand and all that kind of stuff. And there was something that you touched on that I'd, I knew I wanted to ask you today anyway. And so I'm going to skip forward to the, the part of the conversation that I was really interested in is yeah. you talked about building marketing into the product um, yeah. essentially and i'm really curious to know about any examples that you've seen so whether that's that you've been a part of or that you've just seen out in the wild that you just love as examples for this podcast yeah sure um it's it's kind of one of the hardest things to do is like is is to build marketing into your product i, I think you know when when i was at shutterstock we did some great things where you know uh a, lo- a lot of people would come in and, and you know shutterstock of course is images and and um 
images and videos and, and music and also kind of in the stock realm. And, and so discovery is really hard. So, so building great recommendation engines and, and things of that effect or, or building, being able to codify your brand guidelines and then, and then be able to only see images that would be in association with your brand. Those are all things that were built into that product. And it's marketing because it's always just revealing more stuff that more content, more, more product that you can actually uh, purchase from, from the company as well. So, so things like that are, are, are great examples. I think personally, the things that I've experienced lately, so I bought a new TV. So I bought an L, uh, LG OLED TV because we got a, an Xbox um, over the holidays. And so it was kind of interesting. I just bought it because it was like one of the best rated ones. But I've mm-hmm. then subsequently bought another because they had built in a bunch of features like IPTV. So I've cut the cord. I, I have no cable at home. I have an over-the-air antenna. And uh, and and it and, and we just use streaming services. And it, it opened up like this they this whole like universe of 400 channels which i've got i'm like oh great i'm like i don't i, I don't use many of them at all if i i think i use one but it's like great and so that, that's like kind of that that viral nature of something that i've gone and told other people it's like oh if you're gonna get one just buy one of these because it's a it you get all this other stuff with it and then similarly like a, another area in, in that i find is like amazing marketing that's built into product is is this whole category of games like fortnite and roblox and, and how they built this whole economy around digital personalization and and just it was recently one of my neighbor's um son's birthday and i think he ended up getting like everybody got him 25 dollars gift cards for roblox robux <laughs> and and it's just you know then it's like pictures on instagram all this stuff like happy kid being able to go buy things in robux so so it's i think i think those are, are other great areas of of amazing ways to build build economies and do great product marketing within within product it's funny when you said you had a, bought a new TV and had an Xbox. I nearly congratulated you. It feels <laughs> it just it feels like one of the, a new TV is such a big moment that I just feel like congrats. You're going to really enjoy that. That's going to be quite uh, fun. Well, just getting getting the Xbox in in December was the was the feat in itself. So it was it was a lot of Twitter notifications and 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 uh, hanging out at two in the morning with other folks trying to get uh, trying to trying to get the uh, the actual uh, uh, machine. So it was it was. Uh, challenging <laughs> and it's interesting you mentioned roblox as well i'm um, pretty it's roblox not roblox isn't it is that right yeah yeah because 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 i've only heard of it and this is kind of this phenomenon that i'm not too aware of i can see that it's growing everyone's talking about it but i don't know so much about how that product was grown and much about their marketing is there anything that you've seen that they do that you really really like um, I mean, from a, from a marketing standpoint, I only see because uh, yeah, I see my kids and and, yeah. and they use it. So I think like you know these these um, uh, everything's built. Uh, all of these kinds of brands are built off of off of like the virality and the need from from ki- uh, kids. And and what I think is the the interesting piece of all this is just how they've built like the sustainability. So so Roblox in particular, the, the games within the game. So it's not just one game. There's multiple things that you can do, and so they're continually adding to it. So it's similar to Fortnite how they'll continually launch new seasons and they've just been able to take what has traditionally looked at gaming in itself as just like a, a, what was like a linear process and then went into like a community kind of thing um, has now kind of expanded into an, an ongoing entertainment platform where the, you can host events or they can launch movies and do, do so many diff- other things within their platforms that, that they've just become they become uh, like a extension of, of what kids do in their life as opposed to, to just being an outlet for entertainment. There's an interesting connection that I'm making as you're talking. And I think about, so I've played Fortnite. I'm a Fortnite. I don't play it so much at the moment anymore, but I was yeah. kind of really into it towards the beginning. And 
I I think about how they roll out new features and about how they know roll out new yeah new features, new products within the game, I guess you might call it, and how they bring the audience along for that journey. I'm thinking the way it works is that they provide they provide an advance glimpse into the future about what they're working on. You always kind of get those teasers about what's being launched and when. You then have the whole pre-order process that you go through where they throw bonuses in and offers in for that. Mm-hmm. And then they have these big launch events. And as I'm thinking about it and as you're talking about the gaming world a little bit more, I'm thinking about how that maps to SaaS products. Yeah. And and, and my my question is, well, do you think there is a natural mapping of what we've just talked about there over to SaaS products and can SaaS products look at things in that way to make their marketing more effective so bring their audience along for the journey for like new feature rollouts and for the future of the SaaS product itself yeah absolutely I think you know just when you you come at any kind of product build you know we've gone through this kind of consumerification of enterprise um, software like as as you know, companies like Slack, you know, grew at a, at a grassroots level in terms of bringing um, bringing chat and, com- and community-based products into into the enterprise. Um, we keep having to expand how we look at other types of, of platforms and, and what we can learn from those platforms and bring them in, into our products. So, you know, I say I said at the beginning, yeah, I'm in, in the world of accounting software. Nobody really sees that as being really that exciting at all. But there's a huge amount of excitement around it because you know today we're you know, giving people the ability to send invoices and get uh, get those invoices paid, and um, you know, do time tracking and track their their mileage and all of that kind of stuff. None of that seems like that interesting. But then at the core of it, we're helping drive someone's business forward. So you know, we we are getting all of their data on like their invoices and how they're billing their clients, and and then we're getting all of their expense data and all of these kinds of things. So there's there's so many different places we can go with having having all of this information, whether we're telling people how much they should be billing um, based on where they live and, and the types of services that they're providing, or we if we tell them here's what they should be spending and they're uh, on average based on on the size of their company or whatever, if, if from a, a mobile phone or from an internet plan standpoint, there's like the fundamental like nature of small businesses that they like to network work and grow their business. So we could be creating marketplaces in terms of helping them kind of help build and, and connect with each other. So so there's there's so many different places that we can go in terms of just building a piece of software that does this utility for them by looking at all of these different categories and seeing how they're doing all of these different things to help build community or to, to create new experiences or to, to just like create these different types of, of, of ways to bring people in and engage them on an ongoing basis. Interesting. That, that leads nicely into something that I'm really curious about is how it currently works at FreshBooks and then more generally about feature development and product development in SaaS companies in particular. And so just as a starting point, I'm interested to know quite broadly, what do you think that marketing teams can learn from product teams? And then on the flip side, what do you think product teams can learn most from marketing teams? Yeah, I think um, I think they both they both operate fairly differently, and and you know I'll, I'll generalize here because like different product teams um, behave differently, but and different marketing teams behave differently. But you know what what I find to be kind of some of the consistent patterns is like product is is amazing at like process design and management and and working in sprints and shipping items on a week in and out basis that are all working towards a, a bigger rock or to with a broader picture in mind in terms of the things that they're trying to work towards. And you know 
marketers on, on the other side are, are fairly focused on delivering against the numbers. So whether it's revenue, um, whether it's customer engagement or, or, or mitigating churn, they're really focused on how they're driving against a revenue target with like customer motivations in mind. So one of the things that um, marketers often lose sight of is like, you know, they're chasing the the day-to-day revenue carrot um, and, and trying to deliver on that number where they're not, they sometimes lose sight of the the longer term kind of one year, two year type of thing that they're working towards and, and bringing kind of more of that like iterative, agile approach to delivering against marketing with that broader context in mind. So I think there's like an, an interesting way to help bring some of those processes and rituals uh, the product is is great at into a marketing organization. And similarly, what, what I've seen is that, you know, and this is this is not universal across all, all product places, but what I find is that product organizations sometimes lose the the customer motivation and, and understanding at that emotional level on what they're trying to achieve. So so being able to to bring that back into uh, the product team and, and having that kind of a bit more of that customer obsession is is one of those those key things. And not just about kind of like achieving that job or, or doing that job that they need to do, but really more around that what is the emotional driver behind what they're what they're trying to feel like in, in going through the motions as well. Do you have separate product and marketing teams at Freshbook? Yeah, so we, we have a fairly large product team. I've got a product marketing team that it did actually report into product um, uh, before I was in the in the organization, and then we brought it under uh, under marketing as well. And and no real reason other than saying, hey, let's bring the product marketing team over here. We work quite hand in hand with our, our product team, and in terms of on a month in and month out and on a quarterly basis to identify like what is what should our roadmap be. And how do we work uh, together to achieve that? Um, so, so we have we you know we 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 work um, very well with each other. I think our product marketing team's been like great at you know when they're in product they lean one way, and and what we've tried to do with them now is is really just make them the kind of that central point for understanding um, uh, the customer and and what we need to do to help grow our customer from a segment standpoint, from a market standpoint, and going deep into the customer needs to be able to then um, work with the product team to help map out what needs to happen next to be able to to either grow uh, penetration within an existing customer, win a new type of customer, or, or enter a different market. And it's interesting that you use the phrase product marketing team and products marketing in general, because I want to know your opinion on the critical skills that are needed to be a product marketing manager as opposed to just a more general marketing manager. So the difference between the two roles, but maybe a, a way to frame this that might help you is let's say there's a marketing manager out there that's listening to this podcast, but they don't specify in product, but that's really their goal. What do you think they can add to their skill set or their repertoire? What do you think they should focus on to become a product marketing manager in the future? Yeah, sure. So it's it's interesting. So our head of product uh, marketing, she, um, we were talking about because we we were staffing up within the department. We were talking about what what makes a great product mm-hmm. marketing manager and, and and who are the type of people we're getting wanted to get. And she, you know, she she kind of termed it up the right way. She's like, I just need smart people who understand marketing, um, <laughs> and and then they could be a good product marketing manager. And and I think it's true because the product marketing manager is a, is, is a fairly broad or, or horizontal role. Mm-hmm. It, it does different things in different organizations, but I think at the core of it, it's it's really about being that critical link to the customer and. And then understanding the product and understanding usage. So I think that you know some of the things that they need to be 
really dialed into is is data and understanding like the different sources that they need to get to be able to both understand like the external kind of factors that would be influencing a customer then plus what's actually happening within a product so so just being comfortable with that i think is a is a is an absolute critical thing i think one of the other like big pieces that i look for in in hiring anybody in, in product marketing is an understanding and an empathy about the customer. Some of the best product marketers that I've worked with are, are folks who have sat in the shoes of the customer. So, you know, if you're building, um, you know, when I was at Shutterstock, it was fairly easy because we were, you know, a bunch of marketers who were marketing to marketers. So <laughs> we all understood all the personas. We, we, we had everybody who we were trying to target working at the company. So it was one of the easiest things for us to understand. Uh, it's different at, you know, at, at FreshBooks, we, 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 target the SMB audience. And that's a very, very wide and diverse group of, of customers. And so, you know, what, what is great is when we have people who have a lived experience. So if we, if we have, you know, folks who have either started a business or, or managed a business or owned a business, those are all amazing traits to have. Of course, it's very hard to find. But sometimes we'll, we'll work with folks who may have come from a family who's been entrepreneurs and they just understand some of the tri- trials and tribulations and challenges that, that people have had um, as, they've, uh, as they've gone through the motions of running a business. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Yeah, it's interesting. As you're talking, there's a lot that you're explaining about good product marketing and good product marketing managers, which would suggest to me that you see a lot of beneficial skills as being in the area of observation in terms of observing your customers, meeting their expectations, understanding their needs. It's the more emotional side of marketing. And as I'm thinking that through and as you're talking, I'm wondering what technical skills do you think are needed, if at all, and has, how has that changed over the years that you've been in these different roles? So do you think there's, if there are any technical skills, what do you think yeah. they are? And has it become more or less important over time? Yeah, for sure. So I think there's there's going to be some obvious skills that, that they're going to need to have. Like I think that what, what we lean to and the folks within our 
product marketing organization do is is much more technical analysis of um, usage within products. Or if we're building out a, uh, a a different like a feature set that we'd like to build, they they might need to be going deeper into the actual business casing uh, around that. So from a from a technical still step standpoint, I would say that they they need to really be able to do is to to build business plans and to and to mm-hmm. be able to to have the capabilities of, of being able to make a whole bunch of assumptions and know that a bunch of them are going to be wrong, um, but be able to to show how a product, a feature, a group of feature sets might might be able to help drive additional revenue into into the organization. So it's being able to to have those skills to be able to take those those different types of of, of needs or jobs to be done or pain points or whatever they may be, and then translate them into an actual business case so that the organization can can be able to decide whether or not we want to invest in a in a a set of features that um, that we believe is going to help grow the business over time. That's interesting. And actually, that's a really nice transition into another area which I wanted to talk about. When I think about a company like FreshBooks and even Shutterstock and some of the other companies, these are big companies that have lots of different departments sometimes, but also that have lots of different products features. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've seen marketers at SaaS companies struggle with in the past is, should they target broadly so should they target a broad audience and look at competitors and look at their industry that way or should they get more granular and undertake advertising targeting based on specific product features is that question clear to you uh, i'm kind of visualize it as i'm talking so should you have yeah. segment segmented plans marketing plans for each product feature or do you recommend targeting more broadly yeah i i would give you a very a very solid it depends <laughs> <laughs> so so i think so I think the main thing to do is to try as much as you possibly can. This is actually where it gets interesting from a marketing deployment standpoint. So hmm. one of the things that I think marketers are, are very bad at is having a regimented way of shipping ads that help understand what messaging drives demand. So one thing I did when I was at Shutterstock was we had a two-week sprint cycle around a bunch of ads that we would put into into mainly into to channels like like uh Facebook. And and we use that as like our barometer to understand what messaging got the best type of um, the best type of response. And so we would try, you know, horizontal messaging, verticalized messaging, feature-based messaging. We would then play with the different types of 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 con- of uh, imagery that we'd be putting in and and so, you know, in those those in those two week sprints, we would just basically come up with hypotheses on on the Monday and then brief in the creative team and pump out a bunch of ideas and then, you know, basically spend the second week to to be able to put them all together and ship. And then just just kept that cadence going and going. And and those are the things that kind of give you that that understanding of like, should you go broad? Should you go feature specific? Um, I think a lot of it also just depends on the behaviors of uh, customers. So, you know, whether it's it's doing your research around SEM or SEO and understanding um, how, how deep people are going into different features across your product, where are the areas that would hunt best and then building the appropriate content uh, to be able to, to hook people in um, off of those. So, you know, we, we definitely at FreshBooks do a, a lot feature-based advertising in particular in the in the in the SEM space and then we use other uh, other other areas and other media like YouTube and uh, social channels and things like to that effect to help tell that kind of broader more horizontal based story or the or the most more emotional story as well and I'm also curious to know whether that's an approach that you take either at FreshBooks or whether you have in the past before you even choose to develop a product feature so have you ever used advertising to validate a product feature idea and is that something is that something you see have you ever seen 
Yeah. Um, so I would say that larger companies don't do it as much. So mm. it's, which is, which is kind of interesting because they should. I've definitely done it. So it was, um, years ago, a friend of mine was in, he had a company that he, he ultimately sold and he was making, he had a crowdsourced uh, network that would produce content for brands. And so most of it was just static images because he wanted to feed them into social channels. And, and he had a structure and system and, and big contributor network build out that, um, that helped, uh, helped do all this. And, and so two years, or he'd been doing it for four years, working great, you know, good product market fit, lots of customer demand. And so when I was chatting with him, I'm like, why aren't you? Why aren't you expanding into other stuff like video? I'm like, video is huge and, and everybody's trying to do it and it's hard. So why don't you, you, you go and do it? And he was like very opposed to it. And so mm. I then went and bought, bought a domain, bought a bunch of ads and, uh, or made a bunch of ads and then put them into Facebook and did a lead gen campaign to see if I could generate any kind of interest. And so I took it back to him and said, see, I'm looking at it. We're over a month. I got, I got like over 500 leads. You should definitely be doing this because there's interest in it. And so I, I think things like that are a great way to just kind of like test your way into demand and, and mm. test your way into whether or not there's actually any kind of like interest. And you could do it like whether it's under a company umbrella or not under a company umbrella. I think there's, there's lots of ways to just be able to, to understand if there's any kind of real world demand for, for specific types of products. Yeah, that's really interesting. It ties in with the point earlier that you were you were talking about advocacy. So if you start to market product features and gauge the demand before you even launch the thing, you give yourself the chance to build up a potential audience of people that are interested or that become advocates of that feature or of that product before it even launches. So I, I really like that idea. Yeah, and. I'm interested to know, so having being in the SaaS space right now, but having been in the SaaS space previously, there's this area where I think there's an expectation from customers about things that they want from SaaS products. And if those SaaS products don't have those things, don't have those features, that could have an impact on reputation, leading to poor reviews, which can then impact marketing. So I'm curious to know for you, what are some non-negotiable features that you think all SaaS products these days should have? What are customers, in your experience, expecting now more than ever? Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's really different, like category by category. Um, mm. I would say that there's a, a couple things that that should just be that they, they should be be in all all SaaS products. Um, is the first thing is is really just like a great API. So I think right now, uh, the way the, the world shifting is that, you know, every, every platform wants to be the platform of platforms. So hmm. if you're able to, to be able to one, create enough value in your product, then if, if you can write into more platforms and create the experiences that people are looking for within a bunch of other platforms, then, then that's like a great way to just continually bring people into your product. Um, just make sure you're kind of hunting where they are currently hanging out and not expect your platform to be the, the center of their universe. So I think, I think APIs are, are, are pretty much like the, the main thing that people need to be focusing on. The other side is like, you know, it's, it, it may sound a little odd, but it's like, I think it's like really focusing on what's like uniquely your thing. So there's lots of folks that are, are just out there and are chasing after stuff, but are not creating any real, real newness within their category. So I think what, what, companies have to really understand as they're building out their products is like, what's the thing that you're really good at that's that's unlike anyone else in the category? And, uh, you know, in, in, in our space, there's lots and lots of folks who are out there building like invoicing 
and uh, invoicing and payments products that are mm. are fine for everybody. But you know, there's a new new set of competitors coming in every other day that that's doing this. And so I think as 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 the market just gets kind of cluttered with all these all these different all these different tools, it's it's a lot of them aren't even thinking about like what is it that they're doing? What's the problem that they're solving better than anybody else is today? As opposed mm. to just like identifying that people are doing something and chasing chasing uh, a solution. So I think people really need to kind of take that step back and be like and understand what is that the product and how are they creating a way better product market fit than anybody else in their category and the unique problem that they're actually solving. I'm thinking about in just in my experience I've never been fully in the product space but knowing a little bit about development a little bit about software development and I've seen that the entry into launching a product over time has become easier which means that as you've just said the market is usually saturated in some markets mm-hmm. in particular the market is saturated by lots of solutions to problems but it's the companies that go beyond that and think about the experience as well as the solution that are really going to succeed. Is that a fair way to summarize what you've just said? Yeah, 100%. So even if you think about the small business space that 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 I'm in, you know, everybody's out solving a specific kind of problem as it relates to a workflow. And if you're only looking at workflows, then you're not really thinking of the, the core challenges that a, a, an owner will face. And having been a, a, a small business owner a couple of times in my career, it's like, you know, yeah, great. You might need to get that solution for that specific type of pain point that you're looking to, to solve for. But the real problem I'm trying to solve for is like growth. Or mm. I'm trying to solve for like how do I how do I increase like the revenue on on, on from each of my clients or, or or diversify my client set and you know everybody's out there trying to send a better invoice and and that's not the pain point so so I think like get backing it up to go like how can we actually you know within our product yeah they need to send an invoice but the problem they're trying to solve for is growth so how do how do we make sure that they can generate more revenue how can we make sure that they can understand their cash flow better than anybody else or or figure out how to manage their books better so they can actually you know not spend as much money and so so I think that that's where we're always trying to like back it up to be like well what's the real kind of problem that that the business is having uh, from a client standpoint as opposed to just like thinking about like what's that specific type of of problem or pain that, that they're having with that feature to close out today's podcast i'm curious to know just on that last note are there any products or services i'm going to take FreshBooks as a given because you work there and so you're thinking about this <laughs> stuff but are there any products or services beyond FreshBooks that you just do a think do an excellent job of giving you a solution as a customer but then going beyond that to give you a really joyful experience um, yeah, joy, joyful is a hard one to get at, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, um, joyful experiences and, and really enjoyable experiences are tough, but, but ones that I use all the time. So, so first, like, you know, when I, when I think of like what I, what I do every day, the first thing I go into every single day is looker. And so, you know, that's like our place where we go and do all of our reporting. And, um, the piece of that, which I just enjoy is the ability to bring together all of the different data sources that we have across the company, whether they're in databases, whether they're in Salesforce, in GA, in, uh, flat files on Google Drive and, and be able to just harmonize that. And that's just like one of the biggest pain points that I've always had at every single company is a consistent view 
of the world, having one source of truth that everybody in the organization can look at. And, and then we eliminate any conversation around data integrity. And we all just know, even if it's wrong, at least we're all looking at the same wrong dashboard. And we can have mm-hmm. the argument over the, over the, 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 the facts that are presented there. But that's like a, a tool that we use or a tool that I've, I've come to really appreciate over, over the past few years. I'd say another one that, that I, I use quite often is Trello and I know that it's, it's fairly popular. And, and, you know, what I, what I just appreciate with Trello is, is the ability to, um, collaborate within it. So being able to like tag and track and put, um, other people onto cards. Um, so when I need to have my like train of thought that I'm going to just be like dumping in and creating cards against like whether they're conversations that I'm having with people or whether they're, they're against like, you know, um, specific actions or, or, or items that we're trying to track against, I can at least be able to have that place and, and, and communicate people in a, in a fairly real time basis. So, so two, two tools that I, I, I really enjoy. It's brilliant. It's funny, isn't it? The when you ask questions like that, and you, when you think about the things that make your life easier, it's sometimes you take it for granted. They're there every day, and that's a good sign of a product. Is if sometimes you're struggling to remember, it's because you log in and it's become habit to use them every single day. I feel the same way about Trello. Trello is a product that's yeah I use most days, and. And yet, if someone was to ask me for my favorite products that give me a great experience, it might not be top of mind for me because it's become so ingrained in my daily habit that I don't think of it as, as anything new. Yeah. And, and I'm interested to see because they are owned by Atlassian now. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and just to see how they, because they haven't really changed the product very much. And I'm just interested in seeing how that gets like kind of brought into the whole world of Confluence and Jira and, and, and if there is anything that's done specifically with that product. I'll have to watch this space, maybe try and get them on the podcast. That'll be my goal. See if I can get any inside info for you. Uh, (laughs) Hey, uh, this episode has been really interesting to explore these intersections between product and marketing. And if people want to learn more about you, your experience, your history, what you're doing at FreshBooks, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. Easiest places on LinkedIn. I'm just uh, Paul K. Cowan, or they can just Google uh, Cowan PKC, uh, C-O-W-A-N-P-K-C, and then all my my socials and, and everywhere will show up there. Brilliant. So those links will be in the show notes. For now, Paul, I just say thanks again for your time today. And this has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Thanks for your time, Paul. Thank you.